This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Time can feel like it's in short supply. Between work, family, and friends, there's very little time left just for you. What would you do with an extra hour in your day? What's important to you? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. It's a great way to increase self-awareness, build a greater sense of purpose, deal with overthinking, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash be here now today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash be here now. This is Chris Grosso with the Indie Spiritualist Podcast on the Be Here Now Network. And I'm very excited to have my special guest, Ilana Sunaite, with me today. Ilana, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, it's my pleasure. Um, so I'm going to read your bio before we jump into this conversation that I'm really excited to have with you. And uh, let me get through this and then we will start chatting. Uh, Ilana Sunaide was born in Lithuania, always interested in the mind and how it works. She has a degree in psychology and a mindset to focus on freedom for herself and those who find her. Ilana lives in England with her husband, Nari Mantas. Is that correct? Great. A tattoo artist from whom she learned the art of tattooing. Together, they run a custom tattoo studio in West Sussex. Ilana's search for truth started in 2002, when for the first time she experienced silence of the thinking mind, a sweet sense of being, contentment, peace, and feeling at home. In 2010, she discovered Jed McKenna's books, which were a shock to her belief system and and catapulted her out of hypnosis and toward the realization that all she believed was not truth. It wasn't until the initial deconstruction was done, after months of painful self-inquiry, that Siyunaide felt at peace, there was an emptiness, a not knowing, a not believing anything about anything. Then the last step was taken, and the separate self was seen to be an illusion. She started writing a blog, marked Eternal, where she shared thoughts about this newfound freedom and invited readers to look for themselves in their own experience. Later, she and her friend Ilana Nizinski... Elena Nizinski. Great. Helped develop a process called direct pointing, which consists of a dialogue between a guide and a seeker. In September 2011, the Liberation Unleashed website and forum was launched. Together, Siyunaite and Nizinski published a book, Gateless Gatecrashers, that consists of conversations leading to self-realization and which can be downloaded for free from the Liberation Unleashed website. Liberation Unleashed is a global movement of people helping others to see through the illusion of self. Siyunaite has hundreds of conversations with people from all around the globe. Her main focus in work is helping people end their seeking by inviting them to question their fundamental assumptions and look at their own experience. She does not give answers, only questions. In this way, a seeker may see what is going on for themselves and free their minds from conditioned patterns to explore whatever comes next. 
She holds live meetings and group sessions in the UK, and all of her work can be found on her blog, Marked Eternal, or on the Gate Forum, all of which will be linked, um, audience members, down below and uh, wherever you're watching this or listening uh, to this from. So, Ilana, thank you very much for joining me. And, you. you know, I, I love, I'm glad that I got to read that extensive bio and I smiled towards the end where um, it said, you don't offer answers, only questions, which is something I know from direct experience myself. You've been exceptionally instrumental in my own path and uh, in helping me to see through the illusion of self. So, you, as you know, I have a deep, deep sense of gratitude and, and uh, admiration towards you for that. And uh, we'll talk more about that as we go on. But I wanted to start out and just explore a little bit more um, about your bio. Before we jump in, you have a wonderful new book out called Liberation Unleashed, which I cannot say enough good things about. One of the most concise and important books on non-duality and realization of self that I've personally ever read. Um, So I highly recommend it to anyone who's listening or watching this. Um, So let's start out. Going back to that 2002 experience in your bio, um, and it says that for the first time you experienced silence of the thinking mind, a sweet sense of being, contentment, peace, and feeling at home. I'd love to hear more about that. What what precipitated that experience? Were you searching for it? Talk talk to me a little bit about that. Right. Well, it was a, a magic mushroom trip. All right. There we go. <laughs> That'll do it. Psychedelics. Yes. Well, yes, you know, with, without them, how how can you ever open your mind to something that you don't even know and that exists, mm. right? So somebody brought us some magic mushrooms, and uh, we never tried them before, and it was the first time, and it was amazing. It, I felt such a deep connection to everything, and uh, I, re- I realized that I, I don't know what reality is, because on on this magic mushroom trip, the whole view of reality was kind of shattered. <laughs> and uh, while well, I experienced just being, there was no mind talking for the first time. Mm. That felt quite like home. It felt so natural. It felt so so nice that I set myself on a journey to find that home again mm. <laughs> so 2002 was just the beginning yeah. of my journey I, I had to go through all different teachings all different new age stuff and ah, that was long but that was the <laughs> initial opening where I saw that so there's something else going on yeah right right um and and you're you're it, what it sounds like, at least from the bio and the conversations you and I have had outside of this conversation, that in 2010, Jed McKenna and his books, The Enlightenment Trilogy, were huge for you, as they were for me. They're actually what led me to find you in Liberation Unleashed. So I want to talk about that. But really quickly, before we get to that, you know, from 2002 to 2010, we have an eight-year period in there. So you were saying... You, you were exploring various uh, paths and traditions, or, or what did those eight years look like for you after that initial experience? Right. I was on my own. I didn't have anyone to speak about, really. Yeah. Uh, I had a friend at one time for a couple of years, but we would just read books. I didn't go to any retreats. I didn't know what a satsang was. Sure. I didn't know there were other seekers. And, uh, I was just browsing the internet looking for interesting stuff. Yeah. <laughs> the stuff I found not always was actually <laughs> true or right. 
but that was my path. I was just exploring by myself. And um, regarding meditation, um, yes, it hit me right away that I need to meditate. But how? I never tried it to know how. So I just got myself into all this technology, yeah. like uh, polishing. And that was my meditation, just brain entrainment, getting into the states easily and quickly. And Well, my brain really liked that. <laughs> so... The, the eight years were just like from book to book, from idea to idea. Yeah, I didn't go into unicorns or anything, but crystals, yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> A fine line, but okay, you didn't cross it. Yeah, no, I didn't cross that line. <laughs> so, all right, so then here we are in 2010. And tell me about coming across Jed's work. How did you find it? What was the impact for you? What did that do to you in your own life? Okay, at that point, I was into something called busting loose okay which looking back now is just um i don't know waste of time <laughs> so and that guy interestingly enough recommended jed mckenna hmm. so i thought well let's read it and i read the first book just like in, in a couple of days and then the second and the third that all happened in in 13 days in total and that was like a crash down to my belief system Mm. completely i thought wow i'm so full of shit <laughs> <laughs> yes you'll have that effect on people oh my god that yeah. that was the effect of that book and well and then i i knew i have to kind of somehow get get to it and just look into everything i believed and mm. and jed's pointer was that no belief is true mm. so facing that against every belief i had it was kind of hard and it hurt. And I just used writing as he suggested, the catholicism, right. and I wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote till eventually that was exhausted and I just kind of, you know, I had enough. <laughs> All right then. Right. Right. So, yeah, that, that was in, um, in Easter. Okay. When I read the Jed books and I remember the volcano came came out oh wow <laughs> like a lot of smoke wow. so the whole the whole system was on fire like literally and um, but once i relaxed i kind of realized i need to take the path of least resistance i'm mm. not resisting i'm just gonna just relax and see what life presents and just as i kind of was over all my main beliefs of course yeah. i had many more left but that was like a a whole bunch of them was just burned. Yeah. Yeah. It felt weird. <laughs> it felt weird to think for myself in the beginning. Yeah. But yeah, that was an interesting time. Yeah. And, and, and that's what I really appreciated about connecting with you and, and working with you on the Liberation uh, Unleashed Forum was, again, going back to what I said earlier, no answers, just questions, just guiding, you know, and that's what it took for me, you know, to finally truly see through that illusion of self it had no shortage of the aha moments the mystical you know christ consciousness the oneness it's all beautiful um but that is a different thing than seeing yeah. through the illusion of self uh and as i said earlier it was jed's books that got me really lit a fire under my ass i had been you know several years on the path reading all of the you know the books you're supposed to read and uh 
listening to the teachers you're supposed to listen to, and it was Adya Shanti. I was listening to a Dharma talk he gave <laughs> in which he was talking highly about Jed. So I found his stuff, and like I said, uh, just like you, I, wow, I'm so full of shit. Like so <laughs> full of shit and I, shit that I didn't even know of. Like really, I thought I wasn't full of shit. I thought it was pretty straightforward. And then I find these and no, there's a lot of shit going on still. So, <laughs> but, but I'm grateful that I read those and, and uh, have reread them because that's what led me to the Liberation Unleashed Forum, which is a tremendous service that has uh, been running since I think it was 2011 that you got mm-hmm. you created it with uh with um elena is that correct the two of you put- well it was started for us as like a sister forum from ruthless trip forum that's where i initially got the ultimate question answered <laughs> okay yeah. so t- talk to me a little bit about um bef- this will be the last thing before we jump into the book because i really want to spend most of our time talking about that but Talk to me a little bit about the inception of the forum and what it offers, because as I said, that that forum alone for me is where I found exactly what I was looking for. And not only that, but it's completely free, done out of, you know, just service, uh, a heart of service and, and compassion and and willingness to help others see what has been seen and the guides there. So I'd love to hear a little more about it for people so they can hopefully check it out. It's well worth their time. Well, it's a long story, and most of it is written in a book, really. I don't know what to say. Well, Liberation Unleashed started, I don't know when to be exactly, to to tell exactly, but um, while we were on the Ruthless Truth Forum, and that forum had one goal, just to show people that they have to look for themselves at the core question, which is, there is no you. I still think, yeah, there is no you. Look, that was it. And that's when I got it. I got it that this simple question is actually the key to unlock this searching to end the searching. Because once you get the question and once you start actually looking, you see that there is no no you, (laughs) as you thought you are. Right, right. There is something. But where is that I? Where is that person? It's just an imagination. So for me, that opening, well, actually, that was where the real fire came in. <laughs> Jed was just a preparation. The ruthless tree form was the real fire. Mm. That's where I saw it, and I saw how simple that is, how everyone is believing into this story of, of I, me, 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 me. Right. And, um, yeah, that's when I felt I have to get as many people as I can to look for themselves so they can see it too because you know what kind of freedom is that if you are enjoying it on your own right. <laughs> who are you gonna talk to you know <laughs> so Kieran Healy the starter of Ruthless Truth he actually helped us set up the website and the forum and, and then he left and that's what's been running since it's Great. called Liberation Unleashed and I think the name fits perfectly it does um, yeah well, thank and it's been five years now. Five years. It's wonderful. And, and I know that uh, in your own work, you've worked with over hundreds of people, if I remember correctly, pr- both prior to and since the, since the fruition of that website. So as I was saying earlier, I, I highly recommend anyone listening or watching this to please check out the website. If seeing through the illusion of self is something you're ready to do, um, <laughs> you can certainly find it there. So that... Has been going on for about five years now, and 
your first book now it just came out at least in the u.s uh, on october 1st called liberation unleashed i know it's not quite out where you are yet but you did i saw finally get some copies and that's awesome i'm so excited yes it looks so great um so let's let's jump into this um it was published by non-duality press who's done a lot of great books i'm definitely a fan of theirs um and I like to explore a lot with you about this book, but let's start out with um, towards the beginning, you write about the iVirus, and I think that would be a great <laughs> place for us to start. So what is the iVirus? What are its symptoms and who has it? Well, <laughs> <laughs> well right, right after I seen this illusion through, it hit me. It's kind of like a virus, not this eye. It's like you go in a computer system and you put a virus in there and nobody knows it's there, but it does its thing. It takes over control. So in this human system as well, there is some kind of a parasite, if you like. Mm. I mean, don't take it literally, but it kind of can be like that. (laughs) So there is this virus that attaches itself to the core of the system, the operating system. And... Everybody's got in. There is not one single human that wasn't brought into this life, let's say in the West, that that wouldn't be affected by it because everyone plays the role. Everyone is I. The everyone by default thinks there is I and there is a you and there are others and everyone is separate. We have to compete. We have to be better than everyone else and protect our property and all that. This is all I virus. Mm. <laughs> and um, the symptoms are the thinking that you have a free will. Mm. That's one of the symptoms. And life goes on, everything is happening, but somehow the human infected with the I virus believes he has a free will. And it's up to him how the life goes. So he's trying to to direct the life in a particular way and, and getting upset if it doesn't go that way. He spends a lot of time thinking about the past and the future because things happen in the past. You don't want to same happen in the future. So right. a lot of protection going on. So certain things don't happen like the way they happen. This is all unnecessary you know we can live in the moment and be happy without all these worries and the fears and all the anxiety and guilt and because you know life goes on it's not really a, our plan there is a plan <laughs> right that. but it's not our plan how it goes so, yeah so yeah. that that would be the symptoms and um, basically wanting attention wanting something from others wanting to be better wanting to compete these are all symptoms and Everyone's got them, <laughs> on some degree or other. Of course, we <laughs> all do. Very rare exceptions. Yes, yeah. right. <laughs> you know, and and I'm I'm putting myself in the audience shoes right now because I I'm sure there are some people watching or listening who are hearing this and and they're thinking, well, I exist. What do you mean I don't exist? You know, and and I understand that because that's something I went through. I think that's something anyone who really steps onto the spiritual path has to confront. You know that that. Do I exist? If so, who am I? What am I? You know, how do, where do I look to find myself? And one of the the things I personally found very helpful was the way you explain it, that, you know, right away from birth, we're given a name, you know, and then by our friends, our family, as we're growing up in our infant stage, 
you know, we're learning concepts like mine, yours, theirs, you know, and, and that right there is where the separation begins. So right from the start, you know, the odds were completely stacked against us. And by the time our infancy is kind of over, you know, it's a, it's a wrap at that point. I am, you know, in my case, I am Chris, like, and this is what I like, I don't like. And, you know, of course you grow up and your likes and dislikes change, but it's always your likes, your dislikes. But that's, if, I, if I'm understanding correctly, part of this eye virus, it's, it's a virus that was conditioned in us right from birth and, and mm-hmm. carries on with us until we get to the point where we're going to face it and confront it and see what it actually is or not. Because, you know, the majority of people don't. And they're, I was going to say happy, but I don't think happy is the right word. They're content. They're okay just with their everyday lives. And that's fine. That's, you know, what they're doing. But it's, I know you're a big fan of the matrix, just like I am. It's very similar to that unplugging. And, and uh, I think of Neo, you know, in relation to that experience of actually starting to see through or not even once you've seen, but start to question, you know, and it's like, holy shit, wait a minute. And very, uh, it's an ungrounded feeling, um, but uh, kind of beautiful at the same time. So you, you do write a little bit about the antidote for the eye virus in the book. Can you talk a little bit about what, what the antidote consists of? The antidote is truth. Mm. <laughs> as simple as that. Once you, <laughs> once you see what is true in your experience, not what you learned, what should be, what can be, but what is true in your own experience. Mm. That's where the, the eye virus starts losing its grip, and that's where there is an opening mm. to explore more. To see more of what is true in your experience. Mm. It's all about that. Just seeing what is rather than what you think it is, what it should be, what it can be. You know, all these ideas we have about how life should look like, but it's actually here now. It looks like it looks (laughs) without any ideas, without imagination. It's here. And that's where we look. That's it. Just look. Right. That was uh, that was very important for me when we were going through the process together to understand because it's so simple and so effortless. It's that easily overlooked because, you know, things for the human mind need to be complicated. But, you know, this really is that simple. And you actually talk in the book. uh, You write about how noticing is effortless and um you know, I know in my own case, I was caught up in trying to see, you know, I need to see, I need to, I need to do it. I need to do it. But that was completely counterintuitive to noticing is effortless. It's happening. One of the big ex- parts of my experience was um, in one of the, one of the things I was reading on the forum, it talks about, are you doing the seeing or is seeing happening through your eyes? You know, close your eyes and open them. And that for me was when it, it was like the ton of bricks on the head. It was like, wow, like <laughs> there's just seeing happening. There's no separate self in here that's doing the seeing. There's no separate self that's doing the hearing. Hearing is happening. Um, so that was big. So I love that you write about that. Um, and I would love if you could talk a little more about it, you know, in, in, in actually seeing this truth. Um, I know when you say just look, it's that mm-hmm. simple. And and I've done guiding on the forum too, and I've said that to people I've worked with, and they're like, well, I don't get it. I'm looking, but I don't get it. <laughs> so can you talk a little bit more about the practice of looking, you know, and how simple it is? Okay. Um, well, the, <clears throat> you can always answer any question by thinking and by looking. Mm. Let's say, where is this? And then, where is the mouse? 
of the computer, you can, you know, remember it's the end of my hand. Okay, right. <laughs> it's black. Because I bought it then and it was black and I liked it, blah, blah. Or you can look at it and you see it there. And then you describe what you see. It's very subtle difference, but it's actually huge difference. Because mm-hmm. once, one, we describe it from memory, from thinking. And in the second, we look and we see and then we describe. That is the key. And if you look, let's say, what color are your socks, right? You can look and see the socks and describe. Now look for yourself. Where is the self? And then you look. (laughs) Where to look? Where is it? (laughs) And that's the surprise because it's nowhere to be found. Only in imagination. Right. You can think about it. You can imagine yourself. You can imagine yourself tomorrow or remember from the past. But where is it now? And that's where you look. Mm. Just, just look. I love that. You gave me the sock <laughs> example when we were working together, and that that was another big one. You know, makes sense. Like, how do you look? Well, like you said, you can think about the socks you put on earlier today, or you just look down. That's it. So you look. Yeah. I mean, literally, it is that simple. Just look. It is literally that simple. But yeah. for the mind, it's. Too simple, you know, it right. can't be accepted right. because it's too simple. And mind likes to complicate, it likes to search and create stories and be so elaborate and wow. But the very simplicity is most difficult to notice because it's so simple that mm. it gets dismissed. It's like too simple. But what we're looking at is just so simple, it's so evident, it's so obvious. Once you see it, it's right. just obvious. Yeah. You know, how could you never question that before? How could you never seen that before? Right. It's just in the plain sight. Yeah. So let me play devil's advocate for a second, because this is something that I guarantee you plenty of people are probably thinking right now. They're like, okay, I'm looking. I see a body. I'm here. You know, Chris exists. Like, it's it's crazy to say I don't exist. You know, I I feel, I think, I hear, I see, you know, a lot of these I statements, I understand that. How do you respond to that? Well, it is silly to see I don't exist. There is a subtle difference. Mm. I does not exist. The I that you think you are does not exist. Mm -hmm. That is a small difference in language, but it's a huge in understanding. The I, the thought I, is not an entity. The body is here, you can see it. Where is the eye? There is, I mean, now I, I know, you know, there is no eye, but again, I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate. Well, I'm thinking, like that the yes. Descartes statement, I think, therefore I am. So, yes. well, then what are thoughts? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, is it the eye that is thinking, or I is it thought? That's the question. Is I just another thought, like a thought table? Or is I the thinker of thoughts, which thinks I, I, I? Well, and then you start looking. Where do the thoughts come from? Am I thinking them, or they appear by themselves? Mm. Am I speaking these words? Or these words are spoken, and then I say, I'm speaking these words, you know? What happens first? Is it a thought, or ownership of the thought? Is it the thought I that thinks, or the thought I is being thought? It just comes and goes. 
Right. That's what we dig, like right in the thinking. Right. I, yes, and then we watch how how mind works as a labeling machine and how it labels everything. Right. Like, okay, this is the body. This is the head. You know, this is the book, and 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 mind keeps talking about everything where the focus goes. Mm. So if you focused on something, the story comes up, and the story of I is one of the things that we focus the most, really. So we have a lot of stories about the sound, but it's stories about the I, right. me, about me, you know, but me is not a thinker. Right. Now, there's a great practice that you share on your blog, and I will share the link to it in our interview, um, one that I found very beneficial while we were working together, and I've also used on the forum with other people, in which um, you, you recommend taking about 10 minutes for the first part and then 10 minutes for the second part. Um, can you briefly just summarize that practice? Because I love to offer you know the audience something that they can take away and actually do after they've done listening to this conversation. So can you share that practice? Sure. Yes. Uh, all you need is a, a timer and a piece of paper and a pen. Yeah. And for the first 10 minutes, you set the timer on 10 minutes. And then you write everything down. What is happening in the moment as you notice this? Using the words I, me, mine, let's say I am sitting in a chair, I'm talking to Chris, I see colors and um, I look around, I can feel my heartbeat, I can feel myself breathing and, and you just use the word I as if the I would be doing that. So once the timer ends, then you set another 10 minutes and you write everything that happens in the moment again you don't describe what happened before you just actually focus on exactly what is happening right now but without using the words i me or mine you use just verbs like like this breathing moving eyes hearing sounds hearing birds singing and the clock ticking, relaxing in the chair. So you do that for another 10 minutes. Mm. And then you just compare. How did you feel the first time and the second time? Which time is the true? Which description is more representing of what is happening? Which feels more relaxing? How does the body react? So you just try that for yourself. It's very simple, you know. Yeah. You don't need much. Right. Just 20 minutes of your time and you can actually get right to the core of this labeling and how this I thought comes in and owns everything. And, you know, without I thought, still everything is still happening. Right. Nothing is lost. It's just the way that mind describes it is different. It's a bit unusual. Yeah. But, you know, see how it feels for you. Yeah. Uh, I loved it when you had given me that one to do. And um, I mean, I, everything that you, you gave me in our process, I found very beneficial. But I, I thought that was a really great one because it's, like you said, so simple. 10 minutes of I statements, 10 minutes of just verb statements. And uh, and for me, that was really a, a wonderful way to, to continue on in our exploration. So I would certainly recommend that to anyone listening. It's 20 minutes of your day. Who doesn't have 20 minutes at some point in, in your week or your month? So uh, give it a try. Now, something that 
comes up for a lot of people, which you you write in depth about in the book, and um, and I know we've talked about it is fear. You know, you're doing this exploration, and fear comes up. You know, and I love that you actually write something in the book where you offer a practice that actually encourages people to thank the fear when it comes and, and you bow to it and and honor it, which for most people, again, it's a pretty counterintuitive thing to do. So can you talk a little bit about fear, you know, in relation to this exploration? And then if you care to share a little bit about how we can work with it when it comes up. Very good question, yes. Fear is one of the two main obstacles of seeing, actually. Um, fear it creates a protection and it protects the system from being um, adjusted or changed. So the sphere is actually a very good function when when, when it's needed. Right. But there is a lot of fear in us that is not needed. And it protects stuff that doesn't really need to be protected. So the fear is very common to come up. The fear of not being, fear of disappearing, fear of going crazy, losing control. All these fears are very, very strong and they have a grip. And the way to to work with it is just appreciating it. It comes here to protect. It's not here to harm. It's doing its job perfectly. And it just signals where we haven't looked before, mm. you know. And it's just the same like, you know, you see a, a rope, you think it's a snake and you jump away, but it's really a rope. And when you see it's a rope, there was no, no snake at all, right? So there's nothing to be afraid of. And in this process as well, there is a lot of fear that it makes you jump away to, to turn away. But it's really a fear of nothing. It really is. So <laughs> there is a, a, I learned this from Pamela Wilson. Uh, I saw how she works with people, just helping them to to unknot the hard feelings and emotions. And what she said was just bow to the fear, thank it, honor it, just thank it, and then look behind it. That that sounded really strange. And when I looked behind it, I was like, there's nothing there. <laughs> Literally, there is nothing there. It's just a sensation in the body that is arising and it's quite strong. But what is behind it? And when you look, when you really see that there is nothing there, that fear stops protecting that nothing because nothing really needs no protection from anything. Mm. Let's say life doesn't need to be protected from life itself. You know? Right. So, so looking behind is kind of... A, a shortcut how to deal with the fear. Mm. You just look. What is that hiding? Mm. Well, I had a fear of going insane. <laughs> <laughs> when I went to Ruthless Street Forum, I thought all all this uh, good work I'd done with Jed McKenna, like cutting all the bullshit out, what if I'm going to get some more bullshit in me? <laughs> what am I going to do? I'm going to go insane. And that was the last fear I had. And somebody pointed that out for me. I was like, oh, thanks. Yes, true. I'm afraid to go insane. I'm afraid mm. to go mad. <laughs> what would happen? Nothing. <laughs> 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 but, 
well, if there is no self already, what would happen? Nothing. It's already as it is, you know? Yeah. yeah. So that fear is very common uh, around this gateless gate. Yeah. But there is a way to, to work with it. It's just by appreciating it for yeah. showing the way. Yeah. It's like a torch. <laughs> and I found, after you taught me about that, I found it very beneficial. I worked with a similar practice and with other emotions, um, and uh, but never thought of it in this context in regards to fear like that. And actually, I've been going through some stuff, as you know, these past few weeks, and uh, and I've been working using that practice. You know, there's fear, there's hurt, there's other things that come up, and um, but but welcoming it, sitting with it, you know, bowing to it, honoring it, holding it, you know, with an open heart uh, to the best of my ability in the moment. You know, some moments are good, some are it's tougher too, but you know, show up to the best of my ability and do it. So uh, I've yeah, it's it's a wonderful practice. Now you'd mentioned that it was one of two major obstacles. What is the other obstacle? Good old expectations. Expectations. <laughs> <laughs> Can you talk a little bit about why that interferes? <laughs> why that interferes? Everyone's got ideas how it yeah. should be. When you get enlightened, how you would behave, what you would look like, what would you do, what would you eat, what your daily life would look like. All these expectations are, are you know, stories that we pick up from wherever. Mm. You know, we watch a video, we see a happy guide and, Oh, I want that. That's how it's going to be. Yes, but all these expectations are only in the way because they don't let you see what is. You always, uh, the mind is always filtering through what it should be like. You know, does it meet my expectation or not? And if it doesn't mean doesn't meet the expectation, that means it's it's not it. You know, looking for somewhere else. But you know, it's very normal to be looking for happiness and end of suffering and wanting everyone around you be happy. It's normal, right? But these expectations, they they are so in a way that they don't let you look at what actually is. So we have these ideas how the happiness looks like, but we miss the very happiness we are experiencing because we already think of what what should be more, what should be different, and that's the expectations. Mm. And sometimes people, you know, I, I work with a lot of people, and sometimes people come in and they say, oh, I don't expect anything, but once you start digging, wow. <laughs> yeah. They have such magical expectations, there are so many, and and you don't even know until you start digging what's there. Yes, I'm laughing because I know that was the case with me. I think one of the first things you know you asked me were about expectations, and my response was nothing. You know, like I'm coming to this open and clean slate. Let's see what happens, and and then exactly as the process goes on. It's like, oh, wait a minute. You know, I, I didn't expect that it was going to look a certain way or sound a certain way, but I had my own, you know, just internal expectations of what I, I will be experiencing. And, and so, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of hidden stuff that, you know, that, that does come up in this process. Um, but, you know, again, that's why the guys are there to help. You know, they take your hand. They're walking side by side with you through it and uh, and help you as questions arise and um and but essentially always bringing you right back to what you're saying earlier just come back to looking what's here mm -hmm. right now just look just look so um you know something else that that you write about in the book um 
that was was big for me and I'm sure anyone else um, in their process is you talk about concepts, words, and stories. Um, mm-hmm. And what I wanted to do was just read a brief excerpt from the book and then, you know, have you elaborate on it. But um, okay. so I'm just going to, I'll just take a moment and read this um, and then we'll, we'll discuss it. So you write in the book, language is a tool for communicating. We can share stories with others, ask advice, learn, study, plan, solve problems, create, and explore. We use language every day. We think in words. Language has become so ingrained that we don't look at it directly to see how it works, why it works, or what is behind it. Unless you study language, it is not something you think much about. Let's take a closer look. Words are symbols, units of information, carriers of meaning. They are pointers, like fingers, that point to objects. Words point to meaning. Our experiences are named by words that mean something to us. When we communicate, we exchange ideas, concepts, and stories that make us feel a certain way. The meaning is perceived and understood, and the feeling gets communicated. So, again, in that chapter, you write at length much more about that. But I just wanted to share that as a little you know, primer for the audience. And now I'd love for you if you could discuss a little bit in further concepts, words, and stories. Well, it's such a large subject. <laughs> I, exactly. So wherever you want to go with it, wherever we've got time. So, you know, whatever okay. direction you want to go okay. with it. Right. There is perceiving happening. We see colors. We hear sounds. If we put something in the mouth, we taste. Um, if there is something that smells, we can feel it. And everything is happening. Plus, mind is telling the story about it. Mind is describing what is happening. So everything is happening regardless if mind is talking or not. But all this conceptual overlay is happening simultaneously. Well, just a little bit later than than actual perception. But our attention goes just to the words and the stories. So let's say I take a sip of tea and I feel the taste. But my mind can be talking about something entirely different. It can be dreaming about the past or the future. So what happens is that we miss the taste. And then when we put the cup down, oh, that tea tasted nice. But that word nice doesn't have anything to do with the actual tasting sensation. Right? So what we live in the world of, of perception of the sensation. But we focus on what the mind has to say about things mostly that are not happening. That's the funny thing about it. You know, all the concepts and the stories are mostly about what is not happening. And and then you can go and do practices of staying present, of being mindful, you know, looking for here and now. But it's always here and now. We always perceive. We always see color. It's not something that we can switch on and off. We hear sounds. Yeah, we feel sensations. And this world of very rich perceiving. It's kind of put on a, in a background because all we want to do is focus on the mind. And, you know, what your neighbor done last night or something. Right, something right. silly, <laughs> completely unrelated. Yeah. And being in the moment is, is just like enjoying the sensations, being present to what is actually happening. And then the mind doesn't have to tell that many stories. It's just relaxed. That, that's the home 
that I was looking for. That's the place where you don't need to think about what is happening because you are in the in the experience. Mm. And there are more perceptions than just the mind. Mind is just a, a wrapper. It wraps up what's going on. It does. And makes stories which, you know, can be fun, can be hell. Yeah. And and you use the example, uh, or you've used the example that I appreciated of it's everything is just life, lifing, you know, life. It's just one movement of life. Once you see through the illusion of self, you experience that, and it's a really beautiful, yet totally ordinary thing. It's it's. Uh, I remember when it happened for me. I just I kind of laughed. You know, they call it the cosmic joke, and I understood why. It was like, so this is it. <laughs> Here we are. Okay. I mean, it's 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 wonderful because there is a, a, an honest, at least in my experience, sense of freedom and openness that comes with it. You know that that self is it kind of uh, becomes like a mist in a way. Um, yet, of course, in my case and many others I've talked to, that mist kind of regroups and reforms. And the going back to expectations, one I had was, oh, cool. If if it ever happens, then everything's great. It's worked out. Nothing to worry about. But that's not the case. You know, the self rebuilds and rebuilds and, and you know, it comes back and, and uh, I, at least in my case, I've, I've found I get caught in it again and again. Um, things definitely do roll off the shoulders much more easier. It is not as personal, but sh- the mind is the mind, you know. So, of course, like I, I'm still, uh, and, and again, many others I know have shared that you see through and it is wonderful, but then it's, it's still a lot of, of the old conditioning it has to run itself out. It's still in there. Is that been, you know, where would it go? Where, where, where would, would it, it go? go? Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, but, but that, like I said, is the nice thing is that once you do see through that, you know, things, they really do, it, it becomes less personal and in a good way, in a way where you, at least again, I, I'm trying to use I statements here, but, I have found, you know, there is much more enjoyment just in, in everyday life. And that doesn't mean that everything's happy and unicorns and rainbows, but it does mean, you know, you can look outside on a good day and see the trees flowing and be aware that that is just the same exact thing that's happening with this organism that's seeing it. It is all one movement of this, this beautiful life. Like I said, or you said life, lifing, you know, and it's really, uh, it's pretty amazing. So, one thing I wanted to talk about, and it wasn't something I had planned on talking about, but I, you know, you shared a blog post about it today, and you did work with me on this um, after we had finished our guiding. Um, but the practice of saying yes, uh, it is, um, and I think it kind of it, it kind of segues what we're talking about nicely into this of saying yes to what's in the moment. It, it kind of I think is a little similar to the, what you're talking about with fear you know, and, and opening your heart. But, but this, when you, when you write about this and you talk about it, you don't use it uh, just for fear. You talk about everyday life saying yes. Can you talk yeah. a little bit about that? Well, yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. Um, it's one thing to see, of course, that the eyes is an illusion. Another thing is to, to have a happy life, yeah. right? We all, had an expectation that this seeing is like a ticket to happy ever after and you know nothing bad will ever happen like you say unicorns and rainbows right. but 
all the stuff, all the conditioning wasn't put there because of the eye or by the eye. It was just life happening, you know. Mm. So it doesn't vanish like overnight. And uh, one way that is really good to work with is just to be open to whatever happens. Shit happens, fine, okay, bring it on. Gorgeous, thank you. Well, there is something to work through. You know, rather than try to run away, which you cannot really face it with the acceptance. Just open arms. Okay, then. Right, so be it. Yeah, let's work this. There is something to work with. That's great because I know I can, you know, work with and let go. So everyday situations, let's say your neighbors are playing loud music and you hate that. And then you just say, yes, yes. Okay, thank you. There is something really going on here because there is this sensation of like disgust and I want to cry or go and punch them in the face. That's what we work with, just saying yes to all these unwanted feelings that want to be expressed. Mm. What happens when you say yes to unwanted feelings? They soften. Because yeah. all they were used to was the resistance, trying to push them off. And here you go, quite anti-intuitive, <laughs> saying, okay, bring it on. Thank you. And thank you is a magic word, by the way. Oh, absolutely it is. Yeah. I'm not saying that. Um, thank you. When you say it to yourself, it has a completely different flavor. You know, you can say thank you for a cup of coffee in my coffee shop. That's not the same. When you actually appreciate yourself, <laughs> which normally people don't do. They, they see faults in themselves. Mm. They see stuff that needs to be changed. But once you start appreciating yourself, when you start saying yes to the feelings you want to feel, when, when it's okay to feel everything, that's when the shift happens. That's where it gets lighter. Yeah. And it may be a lot of things to say yes to, and it may feel like a practice, it may feel like a training. It's right. like, you know, trying to, to run a mar marathon, you need to train. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Same as with this saying yes. And just, just notice when you say yes to something unwanted, the kind of space starts opening a little bit and it starts becoming, yeah, okay, I can, I can feel that. It's not going to hurt me. It's just temporary. It will pass. But yeah, it's okay for a minute. Fine. Okay. Mm -hmm. Nothing bad happens. Nothing bad happens if I feel bad feeling. Right. <laughs> yeah. And that's so important to actually feel the feelings as they come up. You know, because if I know in my own case, if I in the past I didn't, I would push them down and they're not going anywhere. You push them down they're They're just festering in there. And of course, they'll come back stronger at a later point. So just saying yes, simple, not always it's often not pleasant, but really uh, it, I found it to be a really beautiful practice, you know, since you shared it. And again, for the audience, that was one that you wrote a really wonderful piece on your blog about um, the blog is marked eternal which will be linked here on the website. And not only that, but you have uh, just a library of wonderful writing on that about any and every subject you could think of in regards to what we've talked about today, you know, this process of seeing through self, fear, you know, and so much more. And and that ties into the book too. You know, we, we only have a few minutes left 
And there is so much more in that book that, that we've had the time to cover. Um, so, of course, I recommend anyone listening or watching, please buy it. Do yourself the favor. Read it. And I all but guarantee you will not be disappointed. But what I wanted to do, uh, Ilana, at the end here was, having said that, that there is so much in this book beyond the scope of what I could have covered or we could have covered in this time. What's one thing you'd like to wrap up our conversation from the book? What's one topic that I didn't discuss that you feel would be of benefit for the audience that, that is in the book? I mean, it's all of benefit, but something we didn't get to talk about that maybe you would, you'd like to share a bit about. Okay. One thing that came up just now is readiness. Okay. Right. We all are looking for something, but how ready are we to find it? Mm. And being ready is one of the keys to actually pierce through the illusion. Because yeah. when you are ready, when you don't care what other one, what how somebody thinks of you, what would happen, all you want is truth, no matter what. That's when it happens. Mm. Truth, no matter what. Yeah. And when you are ready for no matter what, you see that it's really easy. Nothing gets lost. Only beliefs that no longer serve Trump. It's nothing to lose, basically. But you have to be ready to lose everything. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that everything is usually just precious ideas about things that are not happening. Hmm. But nothing that is real can ever get lost. It's always here. So be ready and be fearless. <laughs> and if fear comes up, look behind it. That will do the trick. And buy the book so you can have Ilana walking you right through the process as you do it. Or also buy the book and visit the Liberation Unleashed website where you can actually work with someone for free that will help guide you through this process. It's a really beautiful thing. All of these things, again, will be linked um, to whatever site you're watching or listening to this conversation on. So please check them out. The book, at least in the U.S. and Canada, too, I'm guessing, is available. Do you know about You're not sure? Usually Canada and the U.S. are same-day releases, so at least we know for sure it is definitely available in the U.S. through Amazon, uh, Barnes & Nobles probably, too. Um, and then it comes out elsewhere. What, it's also not- on Kindle. And oh, Kindle, and Kindle is, yep. I think, everywhere. Mm-hmm. Everywhere, yeah, great. And then it'll come out for anyone watching overseas. It's not till December, is that correct? When? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So very, very close to publication where you are. It's out over here where I am. I can't recommend it enough. Uh, Ilana, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for your heart, your passion, and the service that you offer every single day selflessly. Um, it's a real inspiration to me. And I'm honored to have shared this time with you and, to, and to, to know you as a friend outside of this. So thank you very much. Thank you, Chris. It's a pleasure. Thanks. Thank you. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Time can feel like it's in short supply. Between work, family, and friends, there's very little time left just for you. What would you do with an extra hour in your day? What's important to you? 
Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. It's a great way to increase self-awareness, build a greater sense of purpose, deal with overthinking, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash be here now today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H E L P.com slash be here now.